1: Welcome to the final preseason edition of Pod Mavericks After Dark. You are joined by Kirk Henderson and Josh Bow. We're both editors over at Mavs Moneyball. Josh, how you doing?
2: Doing pretty good. Pretty pretty fun game. I feel like this is finally have some some stuff to talk about a little bit,
1: right? We're we're all we're all flexing our preseason muscles. <laughs> and if you if you think of of preseason as something this is literally what preseason is for is to help get you ready for for games I would say both us at Mavs Moneyball and here at Pod Maverick and the Dallas Mavericks have treated the preseason the way it should be where I am now feeling ready for the regular season I think the Dallas Mavericks are as ready as they can be for the regular season they won tonight, one fourteen to one hundred four against the Pistons. Luka Doncic did not play due to kind of ongoing calf concerns, though I don't want to read too much into that. Um, and it was a it was a fun game. That's that's mm-hmm. something that I think is is worth noting. Uh, we needed this. Um, we Mavericks fans. There was a tweet that went around today, a friend, a frenemy of the program, Matt Moore, talking about how teams that basically go winless in the preseason struggle. And it caused a bit of like a lot of consternation amongst Mavs fans because we're all in like we want the team to be good. Um, And frankly, like getting a win, just elevate like, like it pushes a lot of that stuff to the side. I have concerns about the team. I know I I but there was like I, in the last show we did on Tuesday I talked a little bit about this sort of sense of dread that was filling, like like the the empty space between games since there was ten days off, and now I no longer I don't really feel that dread now I'm just kind of I'm 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 anxious for the season to start.
2: Yeah, I mean it was by far the best that the main rotation guys have looked all preseason. Um, I side note I guess before we get into like actual talking about the game I thought I mean reaction to matt's tweet um and some of the reactions during the game um there's just a lot of i don't know what's going on but like people got to pace themselves online here because we haven't even played a regular season game and like it's it's getting testy it's getting i don't know what it is there's there's something in the water it feels like and maybe that goes to what you spoke of of, yeah you know those first three games looked really were kind of weird and there's a long gap between games so so I, I, I don't know. It was just – I don't know. There was just some weirdness, I felt like, in, in the way that there was some some discourse tonight but and then today. But that's fine. Um, the game was great. And it was just really funny because it all happened when they played their best – like this is the best they've ever looked. Um, and, and somehow our, our friends are goading me into arguing about, like, the Mavericks offense being better without Luka. And I'm just like – Looking you- better. You looking,
1: there's a so I, I'm glad you brought this up and I because I wanted to continue this conversation. So I think it's interesting. There is a market difference between the offense looking better and being better. It might be more aesthetically pleasing to watch some of the basketball that they played tonight. And it definitely was I had a great time. But when it comes to like Luka isolation ball, it is quite like Luka is quite literally the best play in the NBA. A Luka post up from the left wing where he dribbles in is the best play in the NBA. He scored at a, a preposterous rate. Wasn't all that fun. Stop. It's, it, it's kind of boring. And the Mavericks need to figure out a way to use that less. and And really, one of the things I wanted to talk about in relation to that is I really the way Kyrie pushed to start the first quarter tonight is what I think the Mavericks simply have to do. We talked about it during the offseason. It's worth talking about now. And Nick Angstadt and, and Locked on Mavs did a did a bit of a piece on this where there's a cool graph he had about like minute distribution. Um, Luca needs to be used the way James Harden was used in the final, before he got hurt with the Nets, which was Harden played point guard and made sure everyone was involved. And then in the fourth quarter, he was a battering ram. And I that that is just to me the ideal usage of Luka Doncic with Kyrie Irving, where they get everybody else involved, they let Kyrie score in the first quarter. Luka can score his seven to eight points. It's fine, but he's not taking a ton of shots and like feeling his way through the game. And then in the fourth quarter, when everybody's tired, march to the free throw line and close out the game. Just the the way that the ball moved up the floor tonight, that's the thing that's important to point out. Where when we saw some of those social media discussions, it's true. Like, Luka doesn't push. Luka doesn't get it and go. He gets it and surveys, and it works, but I I don't think it's the recipe for success over 48 minutes times 82 games.
2: Yeah, and like, yeah, I I don't necessarily disagree with the point, and I think Kyrie is kind of the perfect, at least offensive pairing to help kind of get this team going a little bit, because... Even when they had Brunson, uh, I mean Brunson kind of had the same mentality as Luca wanting to walk it up and mm-hmm. and ISO and do the herky jerky kind of thing. You know, Kyrie is just a different a different player altogether, uh, although they're both great players, just different styles. And I think stylistically he's gonna really help. And I don't really you know I don't necessarily disagree that the team needs to you know push the ball a little bit more, spread the ball around a little bit more. Um, it was just I mean, funny Luca spreads it around,
1: but yeah, he spreads it, it around at the end of a pick and roll.
2: Yeah, it was just funny, like it was just funny to me that this conversation happened in a preseason game against the oh, Pistons. Sure. And I'm just yeah. like, guys, like, like we gotta, you know, like I don't disagree. Um, like Luca and Kyrie, even with their great efficiency last season, you know, they still there's still room to grow, which is mm-hmm. probably the exciting part, is even if they don't get better with how they play together like if they play like they did last year I mean that's still like one of the best offenses in the NBA when they're on the floor but there's still just more opportunity for them to do more and obviously there's more opportunity for Luca to play off the ball I'm not disagreeing with any of that it just yep. felt <laughs> like I just felt like maybe the 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 conversation was starting to discount like how great that they those two were on the floor together yep um, last season and just among the litany of things that this team needs to prove, like their offense is like twentieth on the list of things that 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 uh, they need to fix or work on. You know, like it's it's kind of one of those nice to have things that I think is going to be more important down the stretch of the season, and and we'll see in clutch games and stuff like that. But yeah, I mean, this game was fun. Um, I'm very curious. I think the thing coming out of this game is is Derek Jones Jr. going to start? Or is Josh Green going to start for that final fifth perimeter spot? Dude, because do
1: the Mavericks overthink this?
2: I'm curious because I, I'll i let you go. Uh, let me just kind of lay out how I'm thinking about it, and then I'll turn to you. I can kind of see the logic in in both starting Jones or starting Green. Because with Jones, he's the type of player that you want him playing as much minutes as possible next to Luca and Kyrie. Because okay you want him to get set up easy looks on offense because if he's playing off the bench with a Seth Curry or a Dante X, I'm not to say that those guys can't pass the ball or distribute, but it's, I mean, it's different. Kyrie and Luca are two of the better. Different gravity. Yeah. 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 You, you want to minimize Jones's weaknesses as much as possible and accentuate his strengths and having someone as athletic and long as him out there next to Luca and Kyrie and someone like Jones, who is used to playing off the ball and not having the ball in his hands a lot and being able to, you know, I'm not saying he's a great player, but he has played effective minutes in spots over the course of his career as like an off ball guy that doesn't need the ball a lot. um, And will just kind of do the dirty work and shoot spot up jumpers and, and, and get garbage buckets and things like that. So, and then you compare it to green who, You know, we saw last season when Luca or Kyrie were out, or when both of them were out, he looked like a completely different player when he had the ball in his hands more. Mm. So, the idea of him starting and not having the ball in his hands a lot is he gonna, does that gonna push him to being kind of that passive green that we see that, that, that doesn't really help anything Mm. when he's just kind of standing and drifting on the perimeter? It doesn't seem like that helps him. Yeah. So, maybe him off the bench is the best way to juice his game because he can touch the ball a lot more, act as like an offensive hub. Uh, but also, you know, I can see the point in starting him just because he's what one of your fourth most talented, fourth or fifth most talented player on the floor. So, you know, I see the I see the reasons both ways. But uh, but I'm curious what you think.
1: Well, we sort of buried the lead here. Josh Green uh, played. Yeah, sorry, played great. Yeah. An excellent basketball game tonight. It it was essentially the Josh Green pay me preseason game. Mm-hmm. Um, quite a case to. to be made to where he has four more days uh, to where they can work out a contract extension. October 23rd. In, yeah, or three more. I guess it's three more. Like that. Um, he He was the beneficiary, in my opinion, of Kyrie moving the ball early. Mm-hmm. Now, sweet shooting helped. Also, Green's just willingness to attack the bucket helps. And I think it just really depends on what sort of style the Mavericks want to play. Um, I think if you're going to let Luca do Luca ball things and let's just be honest, that's probably what's going to happen. Um, then yeah, I think you have to bring green off the bench because you're just, you're not going to be using him in the same way you would otherwise. Uh, but if, if you're going to do anything different where you're, you're kind of emphasizing pace of play early on, then yeah, I want green out there. Mm -hmm. Uh, the, the, the Mavericks, like again, Derek Jones Jr. Can also attack the rim with the fury, but it's more of a. Him less off the dribble for me than green. Green's off the dribble skills are what makes him, um, dynamic and so interesting to so many players, uh, people and players. So, I, I I, see the argument for both. I think that there's an element, um, of overthinking going on, uh, between those of us who talk about it, to where I think Kidd will just roll his best five guys out on the floor and see what happens. Um, they yeah, do they... have the go ahead. Oh, no,
2: go ahead, no, go ahead. I interrupted in the middle. That's all middle right. Five. It's,
1: it's, I'm, then again, this is Jason Kidd we're talking about who doesn't – like they They just – last season, again, the first 10 games, they overemphasized JaVale McGee to the point to where I think you could make the argument that some of those losses – it's like you you don't have those losses later in the season and the Mavericks might make the play-in. <laughs> so it's like, like it, it really kind of depends on how quickly the Mavericks figure out if what they want – do they need significant sample size to to figure these things out? Do they want to see 10 games of, of thing X or thing Y? I mean, this is jumping ahead a little bit. I don't mean to do it on purpose, but they they kind of moved away from the OMAX experiment relatively quickly, um, nope. which is both disappointing for me personally, because I like OMAX, but also not it's not beating your head against the wall. It's this isn't working. Let's try something else. And and that element of Um, coaching from from kid and his coaching staff is interesting to me I I I just I don't know how to feel other than I'm not particularly um, concerned at the moment
2: yeah and I mean the 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 true answer might be it might not be one or the other it might be they will both probably get a shot within the first month like you said I think that they're gonna mix and match and I think the difference between this team and last season and where, you know, we talked about his kid gonna be maybe a little bit more stubborn with his lineups because like mm-hmm. he kind of, you know, we knew Javel Miguel wasn't gonna work after the first game, and he he kept on with it for a little bit and and and, and you know that lost them some games that they could have won. I think with this team, I can't read kids' mind. I don't know what he's thinking. Sure. But I have to imagine that the he is more comfortable in the depth of this roster compared to last season's roster. I felt like a lot of the lineups and, and mixing and match, like there was just sort of like a, there was like a desperation. Like he was just trying to find something that would work. Cause he's a defensive first coach. And like, he was just trying, like, that's why I think guys like Theo and Frank and, 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 and McKinley, right? Like, I think those guys got a little bit of a longer leash. Cause he was like, can I find someone that can, that can get a stop? Like, can we just try this a little bit? Um, despite the fact that they probably just needed to abandon that and lean into all offense and they kind of did toward the end of the season but this team's much deeper like you know having like Dante Exum and Seth Curry and Jaden Hardy second year Jaden Hardy and like Omax instead of like McKinley Wright and Theo
1: and Frank the Ball like, handling feels a much worlds better
2: it's huge but <laughs> I mean, seriously, Frank was considered like the backup point guard last season. Frank, and that's a,
1: Frank playing basketball is a Benny yeah. Hill. Like it just needs yeah. a Benny Hill theme playing as he's doing. He's just they just didn't have a lot of guys that could bore any sort of dynamic off the dribble. And you know, our our, our co-editor Doyle Raider said this in the in the chat that I'm sorry in our Slack where he he essentially said like Dante Exum being a fourth ball handler could be huge for this team. Not of course yeah. now not a a overwhelmingly like amazing statement but at the same time yeah it, it <laughs> is seeing it in action versus in theory is great
2: yeah I mean not only do you I mean like adding him and Seth together just really opens up I think a lot of possibilities with what you want to do with your lineups Uh in a way that like it's like a good pro. like because I was thinking I was like where are the minutes for some of these guys going to come from and that's a great problem to have compared to last year when we were like, who the hell is going to play?
1: Particularly with the makeup of who we're talking about, because minutes problems can be big as the year goes along where it's like guys want specific things,
0: but there's not
1: like there's, there's kind of a clear pecking order of who should get what and when not to mention with some of, you know, Seth Curry's older, you get 15, 20 minutes a game out of him over 45 games. I think you're pretty excited. Mm -hmm. There's just, there's just a lot of little stuff going on with elements of the roster to where it feels like it could be too many guys. But I think with the way the league is and with injuries, our biggest complaint last year was that the Mavericks didn't care about guys 11 through 15 on the roster. And I, you know, with the one exception of, of, of Morris, I think the roster is mostly filled with guys who I want to see play basketball in some way, shape or form.
2: Yeah. I've noticed, uh, I mean, part of this, I think is because they did play those international games. So they're going to want to play like the real players more because when you're playing international, you want to treat the fans that bought tickets and you're on national TV. That's right. All that stuff. But also like, they just have so many guys and so many new guys, like normally at least one or two of these preseason games, like the second half is like all of the training camp invite two way slot. Uh That didn't happen this preseason. Like we barely saw any of the, of the training camp guys like, Maybe just a few spot minutes here and there. Like this is the last preseason game. AJ Lawson and 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 Dexter Dennis played a combined eleven minutes. Mm-hmm. Everyone else that played is someone that could arguably be a rotation. I mean, player. they've
1: already moved on. Like they yeah. have five, you know, and I don't want to talk about the G League. I just if you want to talk about the I G know. League, uh meaning Mavs fans, go right ahead. If we're talking about the G League and any um and any reasonable like pass like a rookie going there, then this Maverick season is already a failure. Um, I don't want to kick anybody in the knees on that, but that's just sort of the nature of this. Like it's the Mavericks is like, wave, Mike, Mike, my, like they've done a lot of stuff the past few days with Josh and I aren't going to touch on because I ultimately do not care. (laughs) Uh, Um,
2: And like, again, this game, this game just reinforced my feeling that this feels like the 2019 2020 team all over again, where the, the star quality is very top heavy um and they don't kind of have that middle three through four talent that you would like three through four like third fourth best player compared to Mm -hmm. some of the other contenders but i mean they earnestly might be a 10 11 12 deep rotation which is very similar to that 2019 2020 team which also didn't have a clear-cut third best player but they just had put guys on the floor that could play whether it was seth it was tim it was Jalen, it was Delon Wright, even though those guys frustrated us at times, like Courtney Lee, Dwight Powell, Maxie, like Boban even played a little bit that season and had some productive moments. Like that team just always seemed to put guys on the floor that could play. And you never, you never had that like four or five minute stretch where you're like, oh God, like last season, where it's like, oh God, Theo and Frank are not only playing, they're playing together at the same time. And now those minutes are just being replaced by guys that I think are just much better NBA players even if, like, you compare the, the maybe the top one through five on this Mavs roster compared to the top one through five for, like, the top eight teams in the East and West, yeah, maybe, you know, Denver and your Boston and Lakers and, and those contenders, maybe they're going to beat you in the third, fourth, maybe even fifth best player. But, I mean, again, like the 2020 team, just their depth is, is, is what's really, I think, stands out to me. And to do that in one summer when last season they had no depth, uh, I think is really, it's really impressive. And it it kind of makes me excited about this team's potential. Although maybe their ceiling is a little bit capped because it doesn't matter how good your 10th best player is. Right. But hey, I mean, they got to crawl before they can walk. Like they didn't make, they didn't make the plan. They finished 11th. So that's right. They got to get back on the horse. Like, you know, I know fans might not like this, but if they finish as the sixth or seventh seed and you know go six or seven games in the first round and lose, people might be pissed off. But that I mean, compared to what was last season, that's that's a success. It's a step forward. So I mean, that's right. Um yeah. You, well, what do you think? What else are you thinking? Sorry, well,
1: so we gotta do some business. Um we are a a, okay. a we are a, a pair of businessmen you and i well-known acumen <laughs> entrepreneurs we know, we, we know what we're doing on youtube we know what we're doing on podcasts and running a website we absolutely are professionals um we're going to cut to a podcast uh ad break real quick but before we do so i wanted to ask those watching on the live stream and for those who might be watching on the youtube later on if you could First of all, please go down and like the stream. That sort of thing is very helpful. I need to be asking earlier in the show, but we're going to do, you know, basically 25 to 40 minute shows over the course of the season when Josh and I do these. The second thing is I was really, I would really like you guys to subscribe. Um, We started last April, which was a terrible time to start a YouTube show uh, with the Mavericks uh, self-combusting. And we have 1,500 subscribers right now. I have kind of an arbitrary goal of 5,000 by the end of the year. And I would really like it if you could be one of those subscribers. So that would, would, would be really grateful. Um, all right, so we're going to cut real quick to a podcast break and, uh, then we will be right back.
0: We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with indeed. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. I know,
1: isn't that kind of weird to do live? But hey, that's that's just the nature of it. Um, Also, you know, while I'm shilling, uh, we are accepting video uh, sponsors. Like, as you notice, there are no other ads on our page here other than, uh, I mean, at least live ads. At least, other than Blue Wire, which was our parent company, you know, we can have a hosted show if you or anybody out there knows of like want some advertisements, we can, you know, do that sort of thing. I'm very interested in it anyway. Back to we will sell out,
2: we will sell out for you.
1: Oh, yeah, no, I, yeah, I'm yes, yes, I, if I I hear the music, I am going to dance. Mm -hmm. Um, all right, so. We've had lots of people being like, why aren't you talking about Derek Lively? That's Uh, what I was
2: going to say. We need to talk about next. So
1: I got texts from a pair of Pistons fans in my life who, and granted the Pistons have like, my wife asked during the game if the Pistons were all misfit toy big men because of just how many kind of big guys that they had. Like seeing James Wiseman, a professional basketball fraud on the floor, really, you know, there's just so many things that the Pistons do weird, but Lively, Lively's had some rough goes, not because of him, but because he's played all huge men every single game up until now. <laughs> Everybody has been bigger than him in the games he's played. He's 7 1. Think about that, folks. He's also playing Victor Weminyama on opening night. So, like, five of his, like, yeah, f- uh, f- four of his first five games are going to be against guys that have bigger players than him, which is amazing. And he's, I think, looked. Tonight was probably um, the game where if you're a lively super fan, this game will make you just puff your chest out, walk around, and say, yeah, this is it. This is the guy. I could not be more pleased with the kind of development I'm seeing from him. What do you think?
2: Uh, Yeah, this game was a lot of fun. Um, Obviously, the chemistry with him and Kyrie in the pick and roll was awesome. His finishing was awesome. He had, had like, two reverse dunks that, like, normally... (laughs) like big men in that situation would try to like turn around and face the rim before putting Uh it back. And he just jumped without looking at the basket and dumped it because he's so athletic and long. Uh, That was awesome. Uh, Those were like two, two of my favorite plays. Um, And he just looked, I mean, his, his ability in the pick and roll, like night and day pick and roll uh, play, like in terms of his screening positioning, Uh when to roll, when not to roll. Don't want to say like he's made huge strides and in, in laying the wood down on screens, but in terms of of being in the right position, being in the right spot, and cutting to the rim at the right time and playing off uh, playing off his pick and roll guard, it, it was night and day compared to maybe those first two games. Um, defensively, he looked great again. He got hung out to dry, I think, a couple of times in the first half. Like the Pistons actually scored in the paint pretty well in the first half. I think they had twenty eight or so, close to thirty. Uh, first half points in the paint, mm-hmm. which is a lot. Uh, but I wouldn't necessarily like lay that on him. It was more like guys were getting blown by and he had to, he had to handle like two on one situations at the rim, which is not necessarily on him. Um, but when he did, when he was able to make plays, it looked great. He had this one play. I can't remember who was driving against him, which Pistons big it was, but they kind of got the ball and faced up on him uh, on the block, like a little bit outside the block on the baseline and, um, And they beat him to the like they beat him off the first step on the baseline. And his length, like he didn't really panic, didn't foul, he just stayed with it from the play and he just blocked the shot at the rim. And he's got that kind of special length where he can kind of get away with some not saying get away, but he can just kind of play a little conservatively because he knows his length can make things up for him. Um, Yeah, and that's really that's like can't teach that. Like, that's that's just that's just pure uh pure talent pure you know being being an athletic uh monster uh so yeah i thought i think mean, this was a great game i loved everything about it no no complaint here it is we're seeing it right now that play right there um he gets beat going to the rim it looks like it's going to be an open layup uh and then he's able to close the
1: gap with his with his lane. just pure verticality yes it's yeah. it's being bigger not and chopping also and not not,
2: yeah. not going across the arm not trying to jump out of the way to get the block like Mm -hmm. if that was a javel mcgee that's probably like a jump into the person's back and that's a foul so um so that was fun
1: well and and what i was doing uh what i opted to do there and and thank you for that leo i i ran a a video in the background of uh panda hank uh one of his youtube collections he just did like a real short thing on on um it was about a two minute video of lively that he wrote, he threw up on YouTube. So if I get in any trouble for that, um sorry, YouTube and sorry, NBA, but you know, I was, a uh, I I thought I was only going to show like 90 seconds and then I forgot to delete out of it. Um, <laughs> but it's, it's fun watching a guy like this because one of the things that we just got so continually frustrated with, you know, outside of like the Boban and some of the more functional KP minutes over the preview, you know, back when, when, before KP hurt his meniscus, um, It's just like being big is really freaking helpful. (laughs) Like it's, it's so stupid because it's like having long arms (laughs) and, 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 you know, and there's a willingness to position and that sort of thing, but it's just being big. Like Dwight Powell is in the right place. 85% of the time. He just is six foot 11 with the six foot 11 wingspan. We're talking eight more inches on lively's (laughs) standing reach. Um, He has a, and not to mention two more inches on his height. So we're talking nearly a full foot of uh, you know ten inches on on a difference between the two players when they're just you know uh, trying to impact um, stuff at the rim, and he's going to foul a lot. Now he's not like Luke Byrne in the chat says Lively not fouling, which is great as well. Absolutely, I mean tonight he had two. just two, yep. two and twenty four minutes. I tell you what, if the Mavericks <laughs> get twenty four minutes out of Derek Lively every game, if if they get twenty four minutes out of him, half the game. I think we're going to be really, really happy this season.
2: Yeah, yeah, I think so too. And what was that point? Um, I'm really starting to see it. You talked about like you you talked to people that watched him and just like his progression at Duke. He, he went from, from being said, a bench like,
1: player to to basically being if he had played the way he was playing by the end of the season, if he had played that way the whole year, he would have been like a defensive player of the year shoe-in. Yeah,
2: and I'm starting to see like his ability to learn quickly you know mm-hmm. like we've seen it with this pre like it's it's kind of m- mimicking what you said about his college season with this preseason like the way that we've seen him start that first preseason game against Rudy Gobert which again wasn't necessarily bad we saw some good things but he had four yeah. fouls two points in 15 minutes and he got
1: bullied by the defense by the two or three time defensive player of the year I'm not yeah, gonna mad at that
2: yeah and now you know three games later about a, you know uh, a few weeks later, he's putting up 14 and five in 24 minutes. He's not fouling. And again, the Pistons are, like you said, kind of an Island of misfit toys for big men, but like Isaiah Stewart and Duran, Duren um, is a guy Durin, we
1: thirsted are, after so hard.
2: <laughs> yeah. Like you can make fun of Marvin Bagley and, and, and Wiseman all you want, but, but Duren and Stewart are, are, are tough. Those are, those are tough big men. Those, yeah. That's not like necessarily easy to go against. Obviously, easier than like Rudy Gobert, but again, that's not, it's not nothing. Um, so the way that he was able to, I mean, look like the vastly superior, he looked like the best big man on the floor. And, and Detroit has some talented big men. Um, so that was really, really encouraging. And I think it goes to what you said about your, your people that watched him at Duke, like his ability to just pick up a, a, and keep getting better game to game to game. It's really noticeable. It's
1: very noticeable. Mm-hmm. I I was I was very pleased with that. So going through kind of everybody else, you know, <laughs> we I don't think we've. I, I tried to do this a little bit earlier, but Kyrie Irving, just I mean, good God, man! Seventeen points, eleven assists, eight boards. No turnovers. Uh, his, no turnovers. I mean, <laughs> there's a when he isn't engaged basketball player which is not always and i think he probably never would say that himself but people who have watched if you've watched a disengaged Kyrie irving game and then it's just he's he's just a it's amazing he is so smooth and if you're if you're like wanting to show someone like fundamental you know it's like a couple of the pick and rolls that he ran there with uh with lively he he places the ball in the right spot and you know, you're, are if you're listening to this, you're like, well, they're an NBA player. Of course they should be able to, you know, pass to a big man correctly. No, it doesn't like a lot of these, like the way basketball is played. Now there's certain skills, which are so atrophied amongst like professionals and players. And so it's like some of the things that Kyrie makes look simple are straightforward skills that he has absolutely mastered. And so I really just I enjoy his impact on the game. And I that's why I'm I I really want to see more Kyrie point guard early in games. I mean, it's you know, he's six to fifteen shooting, which he probably was a little bit annoyed with, but that's gonna happen sometimes. And instead, he found other ways to impact the game. I mean, he had a couple of steals and a block, too. And you know, you're not gonna get Kyrie Irving games like this every night. He's an older guy, you know, he's he's what I think he's 31 now, or he's gonna be 31.
2: Um, yeah, and his legs are probably aged a couple of years yeah. because he's had knee surgeries. Well, and
1: stuff. it can't be it can't be stated how slight he is. Like he is he is six three and about one hundred and eighty pounds. So it's like the pounding of an NBA season is just going to take its toll on a guy like that. Um, and so I, I just hope the Mavericks figure out a way to maximize his utilization while also you know giving him as much uh, rest as possible. Um, I'm I'm very I don't know what to make of Grant Williams is, is my kind of main, if I was to have like, uh, you know, the, the bad, like annoying Tim Hardaway game. And like, I don't know what to do with Grant Williams. I just, I don't know what to do. Like, like I don't like him. I mean, like I'm ambivalent. I am like eh, kind of, I, I do you know what I'm, can you help me here? Because we've talked about this and I just, yeah. I, I, I'm not vocalizing it correctly.
2: I think the thing is, is this is what I tried to hint at when I wrote my piece when the Mavericks acquired him is he is being touted. And I still agree with this as the biggest he's the biggest off season move they made this summer. He is the most notable NBA player they acquired in terms of of talent and, and resume, um, which is great. He fits in perfectly with what they want to do. He fills a position of need um he brings a skill set that the roster needs that they lacked after they would made the Kyrie trade mm-hmm. all 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 those things are still true now uh, as they were when they acquired him but because he was sort of like the crown jewel of the offseason i feel like for some that there's been like this idea that he is maybe more than what he can actually do a, a, as a wing starter um So, like seeing his box scores in this preseason game, like, doesn't worry me because, like, he's gonna have games like that because that's just, he's that kind of player. He's not a, he is not the dynamic, near or all star level type forward that the roster probably needs before they can consider themselves true, truly championship contenders. Mm -hmm. Um, but that's not against him, and that there's nothing wrong with it. Like, I they, mean, the, he's a, he's under needed, a great deal. He's on. He, yeah, it's only going to get better. They needed someone to replace the Dorian Reggie Block kind of void because Reggie fell off so much last season, and Dorian was gone. But and I think some fans maybe thought he was like he's closer yeah. to those players than you would think which is not a bad thing because they needed more guys like that because they lost that depth when they did the Kyrie trade. Mm -hmm. They needed a forward that can guard fours and play a little small ball five if they needed it. They needed someone with some size and girth on the wing. They needed someone that could shoot threes. They needed someone that can hit threes without Luka needing to spoon fade them open looks. Um, But again, this is a guy that started I think less than – he started less than eighty games in his. He's been mostly a bench player for most yeah. of his his young career. So again, he could be better and he can improve. Like I just, I just want people to to tap. Like he's not going to be like this all star guy, but he's going to. You know, when the games count, I'm more than confident in him being a more than productive and above average starter. Sure. Uh, it's just you know you're just you're occasionally going to see a game win or lose. He's going to score five, six, seven points because he's not a high usage, you know, attack, closeouts guy. He's mostly a, a spot-up, glue, defensive guy, and, and that's okay.
1: Yep. Dalton Trigg, our uh, friend over at DallasBasketball.com, and the his podcast is the, the Mavs Step Back. Actually got an interview with Grant Williams that went up yesterday that if you have not heard, you should go listen to it. It is fun. The one thing I will say about Grant Williams is he is willing to talk uh, he says a lot, and I think that will both work for and against him during his time uh, with the Mavericks. But for right now, I'm, I, I think everyone should enjoy it. Uh, the, my friend Josh in the chat says that that Grant plays hard and contests everything, and there is an element of that that is always underrated. Like the play, the the tryhards sometimes annoy fans, particularly when the tryharding isn't working. But the the willingness to just constantly fight is pretty important on a team like this that has two superstars that are not known for defensive acumen, um, so it, it it works to their favor. I'm um, trying to think if there's there's really anything else here. You know, I'm I'm like I mentioned Dante Exum a little bit earlier. Really bullish yeah, on him. He, he was, only
2: shot one of seven, but yeah, his floor game was you know five assists. Well, he got no an offensive rebound
1: <laughs> over the guy who was guarding him at the rim. He is big. He's I a think big he's,
2: guard. He's gonna surprise some teams that maybe have not paid attention to him since he went overseas when he gets on the floor with
1: his size. You're mm-hmm. you're absolutely right. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I I sort of think, you know, there's you a real talk tendency. About Tim? Oh, yeah, sure. Go ahead. Oh, okay. I just
2: I saw someone, I can't remember if it was SJ, it might have been SJ, um, online talking about it. But someone was like, This Tim game feels like a point, like he's trying to make a point. Um, this dude in the preseason, if you want to talk about not being bashful about getting shots up
1: 13 shots today For
0: example, in 20,
2: in 21 minutes, he had 19 shots in 23 minutes and against Real Madrid, eight shots in 18 minutes, uh, which is a little bit more normal, uh, against Minnesota. So he is, he's is letting it fly. Mm-hmm. And when we talked about, um, you know, we talked about how, like, the hierarchy, like, they have a lot of guys that can play, so someone's going to get squeezed. But all these guys kind of still, it, like, it doesn't seem like it's going to be that big of a problem because it's like, Omax oh, is a rookie. Hardy is a right. second-year player. These guys understand where they are with vets. The Tim one is the one that has the most potential to disturb things, uh, if you even want to call it that. So I think they really want him to be, like, their their microwave cooker coming off the bench. The thing that Tim is going to have to prove, and I think the Mavericks are going to have to work around is he's at his best playing with Luca. And I don't think the data support, like ever I think pretty much every year, except for the, the year he got hurt, he's the Mavericks and Luca on the floor. It, they're, they play awesome. Um, playing with Luca seems to negate his worst tendencies, which is he, you know, dribbling a lot, stepping into long twos, taking ill-advised shots at the rim, stuff like that. <laughs> so when he's playing with Luca, you do not have to worry. Like He can just be the, the spot-up, move around screens, and, and dribble handoffs and just let it rip, guy. So um, that's the thing. They're going to have to figure out if they are committed to Tim being a guy to come off the bench. If he's not a candidate for that last perimeter player starting spot, if it's going to be Josh Green or Derek Jones Jr., they're going to have to make sure that they split up the Kyrie Luka like i don't think they can play a ton this season with Tim on the floor and no mm-hmm. Kyrie and no no Luka so yeah. that's going to be their rotation challenge i think this
1: season. Yeah Richard in the chat asks about Omax um Omax giveth, Omax taketh away. Omax is a rookie. <laughs> Omax has. He was looked... a
2: twenty fourth pick. Yeah,
1: yeah. He and well, I was super excited about him in rookie in summer yeah. league because he looked very commanding. I will say during the preseason, he's looked like a, a baby giraffe at times, which is I think more nerves than anything else. Um, he needs some things to go his way. He also has got to find a way to contribute statistically. Um, and and they're like his box scores this preseason are occasionally just like what is going on here. Uh tonight he had 5 rebounds, which is fantastic to go along with 7 points, but like 3 of those were offensive rebounds and you know I don't know if anybody uh will remember one of the things I talked about earlier in the preseason was you know not to compare him to you know former all-star Josh um Josh Howard, but you get minutes as a rookie, particularly like a fringe rotation guy by doing the little stuff correctly. And he's gonna if he's gonna earn minutes in the rotation, I think Kidd will give him the opportunity. He has to he has to do the small things, i.e., not fouling three point shooters, for example. Um, But that's okay. Like it is, it is what it is.
2: Yeah. Also, Josh Howard, his senior year before he went to the NBA, he was the ACC Player of the Year.
1: Yes. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Howard was a. There was Josh Howard had no business falling to the Mavericks, but guys, get this—he smoked marijuana. (laughs) So, so, uh, yeah. So, like,
2: I think we did. Yeah, we did get pretty excited. Um, This preseason was kind of like a reminder of like oh, this is why Lively was the 12th pick and Omax was the 24th pick, which is no, like, disrespect to Omax. He was the 24th pick, which is great for him where he was. But naturally, maybe he's going to take a little bit longer than we thought, which is okay. Um, but we'll see. Um, just the fact that he's an option. Like, I mean, just the fact that they that, like this backup wing is like a, a young 20-, 21-year-old rookie Instead of like you know a Theo or, or you know whatever it is, I'm kind of beating a, a beating a broken record or whatever you want to say. I'm yep, the broken record. But I just the depth is just so much fun. Even if Omex doesn't contribute as much as we wanted to right away, just that the fact that he he's an option, I still think is is a win.
1: So we'll see. I do too. I do too. All right, I think that's enough because I'm going to come back <laughs> on here in about 20 minutes. I'll be doing uh, you know Mavs party, which is just like. For anybody who hasn't been paying attention, we have brought over all of our live shows to YouTube, obviously. Uh, we no longer do the Spotify lives because Spotify stopped uh, <laughs> stopped supporting that, which sucked for me because I had built up quite, quite an audience there. But we're trying in, in um, YouTube, and it works surprisingly easy. So if you will go back out to our main YouTube page when we're done here, you can click notify me. And then subscribe to our page. You'll get notified when I go live here, which will probably be about ten thirty. We'll talk for a little bit, get out of Dodge, and then everybody can get as much rest as possible before starting the eighty-two game grind that is the regular season of the NBA. You got anything else before we go?
2: No, I'm I'm feeling feeling good. Uh, this was a fun game to watch and enjoy the live show. And and for the love of God, uh, this might be like a Matt more.
1: Well, I'm gonna and see like, if I can get him to come. Oh, yeah. he'll, he'll come. He's a good sport. Like everybody, yeah. like he has like. I just feel so bad followers. sometimes. Yeah, he just like he's just a guy who likes to talk talk shop. Like he he lives in data, and but he gets a lot of grief. And sometimes he's like hilariously wrong, and other times he doubles down just to kind of like be stubborn. But ultimately what he wants is for me to suffer not mavericks fans just me his his good friend (laughs) kirk um all right so we will be we'll be back and be looking for that show and i want you guys to come up on stage and talk some hoops with me and uh we'll see you guys in a few minutes i hope so this has been kirk henderson and josh bow and we will see you again if not uh before the season starts then on the season starts on uh wednesday i think so all right have a good night guys talk soon go